Hello and greetings. We're so glad that you've joined us and we're thankful for your interest in spiritual matters. My name's Ethan and I work with the Venice Church of Christ where disciples making disciples in the west side of Los Angeles. It is recorded that the Apostle Paul, when speaking to the Ephesian elders, concluded by saying, You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who are with me. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. This exhortation, Acts 20, 34 and 35, is very important in demonstrating why Christians ought to give. It's embodying the life of Christ who gave himself freely uh, for us. And so we do well to change our hearts and minds to turn to be able to give to people uh, cheerfully, freely, and abundantly. And it's very important for us to understand the importance of giving to Christianity. Well, it's also important to notice here that Jesus says it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so often we look at that in terms of the receiving, we, try, we, we minimize the receiving and, and magnify the giving, which is right and good. But there is also a need for receiving. Jesus did not say, and Paul did not record, uh, something like, it is blessed to give and not to receive. No, it's just a comparative. It is more blessed to give than to receive. This may seem odd. But we do need at times to talk about the importance of receiving. And, wait a second, don't humans generally have an okay time with receiving? You'd think, but there's a lot of time when people, for a lot of reasons, do not recognize or have difficulty recognizing that they do need to receive benefits. This is especially true in America which was founded and still runs under the theory of a Protestant work ethic, a high valuation of the individual. There's great pride attached to being a self-made man and somebody not in need of benefits from another, especially the government. And so in that mentality, it's very hard sometimes to admit, hey, there are times I need to receive from some people. And so, look, working hard and working well is a commendable thing. We don't want to dismiss that, but the mythology in our culture engenders this ambivalence about receiving support when it's actually very necessary. And when we attach this with human pride, oh boy, the results are often very difficult. A lot of people seem unwilling to recognize their position and they don't receive the assistance that they need. Uh, there are people with stories where, you know, that people went, went out for a time and did not have enough food to eat, but refused in their pride to ask for some, for somebody else. And they starved or children starved. A lot of terrible stories like that. Mostly from the past, but things that can continue into the present. And so we do well to spend a little bit of time looking in the scriptures about receiving and why we must prove willing to receive from other people. And when we do this, we first need to think about God. And it's apparent very quickly when we read scripture about how much we have received and will continue to receive from God. Uh, we've all these physical benefits that he's given us. Uh, he has made the world and all it contains in Genesis 1 and 2. We have the ability to live in Genesis 2 and Psalm 8. And if we're in Christ and we put our trust in God and his righteousness, Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 25 through 34, that he will add the necessities of life to us. We won't have to worry about that. We get the spiritual blunt fit of Jesus Christ in John 3.16 and the word of life in James 1.21. We get to participate in God's kingdom in Mark 10 and verse 15. 
Uh, if we seek forgiveness of sin, he is faithful and righteous and forgives of our sins in 1 John 1 and verse 9. Mercy and grace, uh, not receiving what we deserve and getting what we don't deserve in Jesus in Hebrews 4 and in Ephesians 1 and 2. We get reconciliation with God in Jesus and strength through his spirit in Romans 5 and Ephesians 3. In fact, Paul will say we receive every spiritual blessing in Christ as he starts elaborating uh, in the Ephesian letter. It's such a powerful passage there about all the things that we receive in Jesus. And these are things we've already received. Now, if we ask for wisdom, James says God is faithful and righteous, and he will give us wisdom uh, if we ask with a uh, sincerely not doubting. Uh, in Hebrews 9.15, chapter 10, verse 36, the Hebrew author suggests that God is ready to give us an eternal inheritance. If we are willing to suffer with God in Christ, we will be glorified and exalted like he was in Romans 8.17 and 18. And we look forward to the glorification of the body uh, in Philippians 3.20 and 21. And so, yes, we have received many wonderful things from God. All of us are like that first servant who uh, stands before his master owing uh, more money than they can ever possibly repay. That is our standing before God, like there in Matthew 18. Um, and we know that we're to give because he's given us so much. Yet, even in our current state, even if we give, it's all because of what God has given us that we can give. So, even in our giving, we're just giving what we have ourselves received from God. And so there's already that idea of receiving there, even if we're just a channel or a conduit to be able to provide blessings for others, we still ourselves need to receive. And so however we might feel about where we're at in life, based upon our effort, based upon life circumstances, we're the recipients of blessings from God. We're not self-made people. This whole idea that we're self-made people in our society is a complete myth, because we all have a creator in Psalm 33. And all things that we have uh, are from God. And, you know, every good gift comes from the, the Father lights from above uh, in James 1.17. And any talents we have uh, are given to us so that we can serve one another. And they're gifts of God. Uh, and so we're supposed to use them as good stewards of God's varied grace in 1 Peter 4.10 and 11. So we might think something is ours, but really it's been given to us by God. So we've already received a lot from God, but what about from other people? And the New Testament is full of examples of people receiving things from others. You know, Jesus went about and did good. And who received the benefit of that? The Israelites. In Acts 2 through 4, we see that the newly established church had a lot of people who were in need, and they received. And, and their needs were met in full by others who were giving. In 2 Corinthians 7 1 verse, through chapter 8, uh, the, Paul is encouraging the Christians in Corinth to be prepared to give for the relief of the saints in Jerusalem. Yes, the Corinthians need to give, but that gift is only going to be of value if the Christians in Judea prove willing to receive it. In Philippians 4, 15-17, the Philippians had sent gifts to Paul, and Paul had received them. And when you look at any command involving giving, it by necessity demands a receiving party. So Galatians 6 and verse 10, to do good to those who, uh, to all men, especially those in the household of faith, well, if you're going to do good to them, the people that you would like to do good to would have to receive however you're going to do good to them. Uh, in Hebrews 10, 25, uh, if we're going to encourage one another all the more as the day draws near, that means that we have to be willing to give the strength, but we also have to receive the strength. 1 Peter 4 and verse 9, if we need to show hospitality to one another without grumbling, yes, we need to open our homes, but 
we need to open our homes to people and those people need to be willing to come into our home and to receive uh, the meal or however we're going to share in that hospitality. And we can go on and on and on about this. But the point is manifest. If somebody is going to give, it means somebody has to receive. Now, this may make us uncomfortable because we might be concerned, wait a second, wait a second. We don't want to be covetous. We don't want to just be uh, taking, taking, taking. We don't want to be the receiving party all the time and find ourselves in a position that we're just taking from people. And, you know, if that's a concern we have, that's good. And if you have that kind of concern, that's actually indicating that you probably don't have as much to be concerned about. Honestly, it's the people who have no qualms about what they're uh, receiving all the time that probably are the ones who need to have those issues, right? Uh, they're the ones we're really worried about. But yes, we do need to be guard, on guard against covetousness. In Ephesians 5, 1-5, covetousness and greed is decried as equivalent to idolatry. In James 4 and verse 3, James says, If we ask of God for things with the wrong spirit, i.e. to uh, spend on our lusts, that we're going to take it to use for uh, our own selfish benefit uh, in a covetous way, we're not going to receive. So no, in, in receiving, our goal is not really just to accumulate property, money, or goods uh, and to the disadvantage of others. Uh, and so it's good to explore why we should receive. So why should we receive? Well, we may have a need. All of us have needs, if we're honest with ourselves. Sometimes there are financial needs. That's the one we think of first. We don't have enough money for food or bills. Maybe the needs are physical. We have health problems. We need assistance with various projects we have going on in our lives. Some of the needs are emotional. We just might need to talk to somebody. We may need counseling. Some are spiritual. We might need help with studying, with prayer, for prayers and things of that nature. And we are supposed to look toward brethren to help us with those kind of needs. In Romans, the 12th chapter, uh, in a parallel message in 1 Corinthians 12 about the church as a body of Christ, Paul says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And in 1 Peter 4, as we already mentioned, that we should use the gifts God has given us to serve one another. And so, um, well, if uh, some are willing to give, in certain ways. Others have to receive those benefits in those ways. And so that's how that works. If nobody received, nobody could give. So if nobody's willing to be the beneficiary of these gifts, nobody can exercise them to benefit anybody else. And also, it gives us opportunity to let others give. Many times we can receive because others want to give. And that's great. Do we need to have dinner at a fellow Christian's house? Do we need to receive a gift from a Christian? Not necessarily. But we're giving that brother or sister an opportunity to give. And that can be very powerful and very important indeed. And I hope that what we're seeing here is that there, there's something going on in, in this conversation about receiving. And really that receiving and giving is really to be understood in terms of a cycle. And it's a self-sacrificing principle that animates this cycle. Uh, so there's this Greek word agape, and it translates love in New Testament, uh, but it's a very specific kind of love. It's a self-sacrificing love. It's the love that seeks the best interest of the beloved, even if that's not the best interest of the one who is uh, doing the loving. Uh, we see this exemplified in John 3.16, in 1 Corinthians 13, and 1 John chapter 4, 7-21. So we exhibit agape when we give no thought to our own needs, but to the needs of others, which is joined upon us in Philippians 2 and in other passages. 
Now, if a community exists where every individual member has this ideal agape love, everybody's needs are going to be perfectly met because everyone is concerned about everybody else over themselves. This is the same principle that should work in marriage. If both the husband and wife have agape love for one another, uh, the needs of the husband and wife are going to be met because each is trying to sacrificially serve the other and are less concerned for their own needs as they are for the one of the other. And it's the self-sacrificing principle that allows a giving and receiving cycle to run. Because we can all have an attitude of giving, as we saw, it is better, to, more blessed to give rather than to receive, but it, we also will receive others. Because you give to others and they give to you. Or others receive from you and you receive from others. This is the basis for the idea of commands like Hebrews 10.25. How do we mutually encourage one another? Well, you encourage, you give that strength, and you receive that strength at the same time. Everybody has different abilities in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and other passages, and so they'll be able to give different gifts. Now, there are certain things we can all give one another. We could all give each other money. We could give each other uh, encouragement. We can do other things like that together. But we each can also bring unique benefits to the whole. There might be one person who has skills in one area. They may be able to help with uh, certain projects around the house or in other such capacities. Uh, one person may uh, have a skill in terms of preparing taxes or can help with history or with English or with math or, you know, you could go down the list of all kinds of skills and things where Christians could benefit one another and one is able to benefit from another's expertise and receive from them and they can give in turn based on their expertise. And we could talk about this over and over with any kind of example. Now, it's possible in the sequence some will give more than others and some will receive more than others. But uh, it's not really a difficulty as long as everyone is giving and receiving. Remember, we all have different gifts and different numbers and levels of gifts. And so some may need more than others in terms of benefits. And some may be able to give more than others. The important thing is everybody has the, their integrity in this giving and receiving cycle. And in this way, the community can support itself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And... So giving and receiving is a very natural part of Christianity. So why do we need to insist on it? Well, uh, one reason might be because people aren't willing to give, and that's certainly something that would need to be addressed. But there are a lot of times where people are not willing to receive. Why would people not be willing to receive? Well, the first and foremost reason is pride. Pride is a significant hindrance in receiving assistance from others. Because if we receive assistance, we feel that we have come into an inferior position. To have to receive assistance can feel humiliating. It feels like you can't help yourself in this circumstance or another. It may also foster a feeling of dependency, and fiercely independent people resist any kind of feeling of dependency. But pride's a stumbling block, because it's humility that's the way of the kingdom. In Matthew 18, 1-4, he puts a little child to display. This is what the kingdom's about. Uh, the kingdom belongs to such as these, because of the humility they have. We're already all dependent upon God. There's nothing that we have or are that isn't a gift from God, that we can say we've done by our own strength. Fiercely independent Christian is a contradiction in terms, because we must work together and be together and encourage one another in 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and Hebrews 10, 25. 
So we need to kind of change our attitudes that we can't perceive that receiving assistance from other people makes us inferior to them, but to recognition that everybody provides different benefits to the whole. And as long as I'm giving in my part, I can receive in my part without having to feel inferior or ashamed or in any uh, circumstance such as that. And a lot of times what's going on is we have to kind of get past our own ego to be able to receive and to put ourselves in that position to say, you know what? Okay. Uh, it's okay that I can receive from other people. It's okay for me to receive the blessings uh, and to give in turn and, and not to be the one always giving. Because, you know, b being the one always giving puts us in that quote-unquote superior position a lot of times or feel like, hey, I'm the one who's able to provide beneficence. Uh, I've been able to do great things. And that's uh, unhealthy pride. We need to be as willing to receive at times as we are to give. Um, and so that's some work that we have to do with ourselves. A lot of times also, people feel that receiving assistance, especially financial assistance, is quote-unquote below their socioeconomic status. Which is partly fueled by pride, as we've already discussed. Uh, but a lot of times it's just uh, people dealing with class issues. And again, there's no real room for that in the kingdom of God. The other thing that happens is that we see that somebody's giving to us and we feel like they don't have the means. That, you know what, I know what situation they're in. They don't have uh, the means to give. They can't really give this, so I, I can't accept it because they would be deprived. As a personal example, I remember when I was uh, younger and uh, my wife and I had our first baby. We had many gifts from the congregation we were at. And one of the gifts was a financial donation in a card from a woman who was elderly herself and taking care of both her elderly husband, who was in a nursing home, and also uh, her daughter, who, um, even though she was in her 50s or 60s, had the mental capacity of a five-year-old. And uh, at first, my sister was like, they, she doesn't have this to give. And I had to stop myself for a second. I heard this, kind of had a voice in, in my head saying, who are you to say that? Who was I to say that she wasn't able to give? Who was I to stop my sister in Christ who wanted to share in the blessing of my child, who wanted to give to who, to signal her support and her uh, her commitment to, to, to that uh, relationship in the congregation? And I felt ashamed of myself for that feeling. Because in Galatians 3.28, there is neither male nor female. There, we are all one in Christ Jesus. And so, who am I to judge my brother? Who am I to judge that that person isn't able to give? Maybe in reality, they, they're skimping because they gave, but that's the choice that they make, because they want to share, and they want to make you feel like you're part of it. And it's not for you to judge the worthiness of the one giving. It is for you to humbly accept the gift and look for opportunities to either be able to provide mutual benefit to that person or to pass to uh, pass it forward and to be able to help another person when perhaps you might be a little strapped uh, in, in a time uh, in the future. Uh, do the same kind of thing. Because if another is going to give, who are we to say that we should not receive? And so we need to transform our minds, perhaps, in Romans 12 and verse 2, to consider the receiving of benefits as being part of that giving and receiving cycle and to look for opportunities to give to others. And so therefore we need to receive from others benefits uh, as we have opportunity in a way that is not covetousness, but is humble and glorifies God. So yes, it is more blessed to give than to receive. No argument about that. But if no one receives, no one can give. And so there are going to be times we're going to receive. 
And we need to do that without a spirit of covetousness, but as part of the giving-receiving cycle. We provide different benefits to one another that all may receive comfort and encouragement. And so may we all give and receive in turn to be thankful to God for all that he has given us and to receive his gifts and use them to his glory and honor. If, if, if you found benefit in this message and you would like to think it would benefit others, we encourage you to please share it uh, to others on social media and other ways. If we can be of service in any other way, you'd like to reach out and contact us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we are on our website at VenetiaChristChrist.org. We're also on many forms of social media. If I can be of any service to you personally, please let me know. Please contact me through my website at DeVerboVitae.com. That's www.deverbovitae.com. We again thank you. Have a great day.